Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to be going over the Twitch, uh, or not the Twitch uh, drops. Well, we are going to be going over the Twitch drops, but we're also going to be covering the patch notes and is there an orb stream this year? Find out more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. First up on today's docket, let's get the important time-sensitive information out on front. Right now, going on, you can head over to Twitch and start watching any Sea of Thieves streamer. Doesn't matter who it is, you can go get some Twitch drops for yourself. Now, what are you going to be getting? There are six drops, and they are going on from now until December 16th now many of you may be thinking like oh well i already know about this because i'm up on social media and i know for a fact logan that this started on the 8th and i'm gonna say to you thank you also you're being you again and i yeah anyway so frozen horizon set this is a set that has come out in the past folks may already have it but if you don't if you're new to sea of thieves and you're just hearing about uh safer seas and you want to jump on and get some cool cosmetics literally both figuratively, um, you can now get the Frozen Horizon eye patch, the beard, the peg leg, the trousers, the gloves, and the hat for free. All you have to do is watch Sea of Thieves streamers from now until December 16th. It is available. It is six hours, one hour per item. You do have to claim the reward before the next hour will start. Again, I will shout out Automatic Twitch. It is a great add-on for Chrome. All you have to do is install it. It will automatically claim channel points. It'll automatically claim drops and it will already apply those to those accounts. So you don't have to think about it. It works great. I haven't had an issue since I actually can't remember the last time there was an issue with it. It's been really, really good. Uh, so I would recommend that. Um, outside of the Twitch drops, that's pretty much it as far as like time sensitive stuff. There's really not a whole lot that you guys need to know about. What I will say is that there is some interesting news in the form of patch notes. So let's get into the patch notes. But before I get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons. They are the ones that, yes, I know, motion sensor, I know. I have to thank them. Well, anyway, I have to thank the patrons because they are the ones that are supporting this content. And if you'd like to help with that, you're more than welcome to head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast to sign up for one of the different tiers of patron. The money that comes from that goes to support the production of this podcast as well as events. As such, Festival of Legend tickets just went on sale today. And I myself picked up two tickets and two after party tickets for myself and the missus. So we are going to be going uh, from July 19th through the 21st is the dates of the convention. I don't know how long we're going to be there in total because I haven't talked to her about that. But we are planning on going to go to Festive Legends. I'm very excited about that. And the cost of that was taken care of because of the December patron payout. That payout covered the cost of those tickets and the cost of the uh, travel and stuff will probably be uh, taken care of by the patrons. I will start slowly putting the money from the patrons into uh, paying for like the hotels and the food and taking, uh, you know, whatever we need to do, uh, taking care of that with the patrons funds. Anything else will be going towards the PC 
to get a new graphics card. Although that's probably going to come out of cost for my own thing. I'm probably going to buy that out of pocket myself. Um, cause I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm looking at 4080s and 4090s and stuff. And I've had a chance to do some streaming since the new PC has been built and it's been great, but I can definitely see where like, I, 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 you know, I could do, I'm doing good now. I want to do better. And having the render times of the podcast for the YouTube version go from an hour and a half to an hour, depending on the length of the show, down to like 10 or 15 minutes has been beautiful. And I absolutely love it. And I'm really happy about that. So I want to continue down that path. I want to continue to make it easier and faster for me to make content. And the way that's happening with your help has been immensely helpful because of patrons. So thank you very much. So I want to shout out all the patrons because they're supporting me and it means a lot. So thank you to People's Republic, Elcute, Balls, Blue Turtle V1, Captain Chonky, Captain Hatchet, Captain Hayes, Chateau Neuf, Super Pack, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mirror, DA Gaming, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Godhammer 6, I'm Dependent Now, Jorby Jorbs, J Hood, Carl Embo, Kazia the Aficionado, Cryptic Slayer, Lumpy SRQ, Evil Morpheus, Space Admiral Ors, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Nipperkim, Norwegian, Raja the Brave, Registella the Brony Pirate, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Skamelt 666, Captain Dasm, Tommy D, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Anthony N. Jr., Captain J. Rat of the Flaming Cold Sore, The Lore Chronologist Dead Eye Dre, Hager Owl, Jeff H., Ghost Boy 20, Evil Martha, Peter Miller, Rooskidoo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and Zam Wow. Thank you all so much for your love, your support, your contributions to the podcast and my hobby. It's been insane. It's, I'm, I can't be any more grateful uh, to you guys. It really is just a, a, a real just joy that it, it's even possible to do. So thank you so much for that. Um, I'm continuing to try and find ways to do stuff uh, with with the funds to kind of make sure that I'm engaging with the community as many as much opportunity as I can. So thank you all so much. With that, let's get into this episode. So for this hatch note, this came out on December 8th, uh, or it went live on December 7th, I believe, but most of the content is, well, I guess, is it, was it December 8th? Let me take a look. Technically, I think it was December 7th, but it doesn't matter. It came out, it's out, it's patch 2.19.2. And this is the introduction to Safer Seas of Season 10, the third and final feature that was shown as a, uh, a mega super uh, Season 10 that they uh, they said that it was going to come out after the Monkey Island content. It's here. Safer Seas is available now. If you want to know what Safer Seas is, it is a private server that is just for you and your crew. There are no other pirates available to show up on Safer Seas. I made a joke on Twitter about there being three snakes and a chicken. That was the crew. It, it wasn't it wasn't another crew. The snakes and the chicken weren't in cages. They there there was no rowboat that was they were the crew. The joke was the animals were the the crew. So I'm sorry. <laughs> There's no other pirates in Safer Seas. Um 
and it's been very well received as far as I've seen on social media. A lot of people have uh, gone and worked, got jumped into Safer Seas. I've jumped into Safer Seas uh, to check it out and see what the experience is like. I can, I can definitely say that the thing that will push me to Safer Seas is when I don't have the mental fortitude to handle just anything beyond just the PVE. And even the PVE, sometimes it's just like, you're getting a little toxic there, Mr. PVE. Uh, you're going to need to sit down and kind of reassess your life. Um, but Safer Seas is out if you're interested. Again, it's a private world. So if you've never played Sea of Thieves before and you're curious, like how this differs for the majority of the, the content, you're going to have access to that. The main thing that you're not going to have access to are the uh, PVP focused elements. So if there's um, like a, the the Reaper's Bones or the uh, uh, uh guardians and the reaper factions all of that's stripped out uh captain ships and guilds are stripped out um which i can tell you right now most folks probably will want to sail on higher seas because of captaincy captaincy affords you the opportunity to use those um sovereign turn-in points and as someone who's you know recently been turning in loot from multiple world events and had to turn them in to the each independent faction it's tedious and slow and that that right there is i think enough to push people away from safer seas i think most people will be like oh no i can't go back to this it's too hard i want to go back to to what my my easy life was like on high seas and they will continue to use captaincy so Safer Seas mode, um, it's really interesting because uh, you're going to be capped out on trade companies for ranked uh, for, for your ranks up to level 40. You need 50 to be able to get Pirate Legends, which means that you can only get Pirate Legend on high seas. If you are Pirate Legend, you still have access to the Pirate Legend Tavern, which is going to be kind of nice as a way to like bring people in get them you know up to 40 and then let them kind of do that last grind which believe it or not i don't know if the if the balance is still there but back in the day 40 was roughly 50 percent of the reputation needed to be able to hit pirate legend which meant that the reputation it took to get from zero to or from one to 40 was then condensed into the last 10 levels to get to 50. I don't know if that's necessarily still active because most of those reputations, in fact, all of them except for uh, Hunter's Call, have been raised to, well, no, I can't, no, Athena's Fortune's not 75 either. I take that back. Uh, most of the four factions um, or trade companies have been raised up to 75. So that scaling may have changed. And I don't think anyone see a science it in a long time, um, but it still requires you to be level 50 in at least three factions to be able to hit Pirate Legend. And you can only do so in high seas. So you won't be able to hit Pirate Legend there, but you can still visit the Pirate Legend Tavern and check it out and have someone, you know, kind of escort you down and give you an opportunity to see the cool stuff that's down there. Um, I'm not a, a PvP guy in, in high seas, so I don't have my curse. I don't do the hourglass, so I can't get down into the lair for the Reaper's factions or the Reaper's bones. So I don't know how that, how, how all that content works unfortunately I'm, I'm still in my 30s for that for that rep uh and eventually i'll get it i i'll i'll do it from time to time i just i can't handle that kind of pvp that's not the type of pvp i like 
Um, I would, I have more fun, have more fun doing PVP in other games than I do with Sea of Thieves. I don't know why. I think I've talked about this. Doesn't matter. Anyway, PVP stuff is completely gone because again, there's no, there's nothing you can really do, which is funny because chain shots are in, uh, <laughs> are in safer seas, but there's no point because you can't use them on anything that it's actually going to do make a difference for as far as I know. I, I don't think you can use chain shot on a skeleton ship and have that slow their sails because their sails are already tattered. They don't, they operate on their own, their own agenda. They do not follow the same rules as everyone else. Um, so that's kind of a, a thing about that. Uh, the message boards, obviously you can take voyages, but you can't, you can't uh, put voyages because no one's there to, no one's there to take them off there. Um, and uh, gen genuinely, all the all the tall tale content all of that stuff is all still available uh adventures won't be um and, and i'm trying to think anything that's pvp focused so like the battle for the siren skull uh that that's going to be out um let's see i i know i've seen a majority of the actual like world events uh you can't do four to the damned so there, there's still enough content, I would say, for you to look at a $30 price tag for Sea of Thieves, which is kind of like their normal price on sale nowadays. That's kind of like the average. I'll see it down to like 20 or 25 from time to time, but a majority of the time, you're, you're probably looking at around 30 bucks on sale. For 30 bucks on sale, if you aren't a PvP person and you just wanted to play a PvE pirate game, which a majority of uh, pirate games are PVP. Uh, I can't think of too many outside of like single player story vision, story based games like Assassin's Creed Black Flag is the main one that comes to mind. Blazing Sails is completely PVP. Uh, Skull and Bones is, as far as I know, is going to have separate servers. So they'll have PVE and they will have PVP. Uh, we just got a release date for that. That's coming out in February of 2024. Uh, they shipped out a whole bunch of Sea of Thieves content creators under NDA to be able to um, talk about the game, to address concerns, marketing, uh, launch, uh, scheduling out, um, you know, uh, play sessions and stuff like that, test it out, get feedback. All of that kind of came across this last week during the uh, during the Game Awards and GTA 6 and all that good jazz. So Skull and Bones, as far as I can tell, feels like it's actually going to launch uh, on February 26th. So that's one other game that I think you could probably list in the PVE pirate fantasy genre, uh, to be able to join up on. Um, I don't know if Atlas is still a thing. If Atlas is still a thing, I don't know if it has PVE servers. I, I don't recall if that was a thing back when I, I tried Atlas, but if you're into that arc style game or arc primal is what it was completely, you know, reskinned on top of, um, then you'll be able to, uh, to enjoy that. But for all intents and purposes, if you want a PVE based piratey game, there's not a lot out there for you. The market is very, very small. Uh, and it, and, you know, call, call me crazy. I think like shadow gambit, you can be a pirate in a pirate game, but that's more of like a tactics based game. I don't know if you'd consider that the same, same kind of, uh, market as, as people who are wanting like a pirate game, like there are pirate games out there that are not like Sea of Thieves, but it, it may stray a little bit much. So for 30 bucks, you're getting a lot of PVE content for Sea of Thieves. So if that's what you want, that's all you want to get. And you're not really concerned about it, but then you realize that there is a, a whole nother layer on top of Sea of Thieves that you can go into once you're kind of like 
filled with to the brim with all of your sea of thieves pve-ness and you want to you want to give high seas a chance and check out some of the new voyages and world events and storytelling that's coming there that's that's still available but for all intents and purposes i gotta say if you want just a pve pirate game for for the price that's pretty good <laughs> like you aren't gonna get a game that's as good as sea of thieves for the price that they usually have it on sale or just on game pass honestly if you have game pass like it's already a win if you don't want a PvP and you just want a PvE, like that's a win. That's a that's a big win. And I've seen a lot of folks come back and say, "Hey, I'm gonna come back and check this out. Hey, I'm gonna get my significant other into this. Hey, I'm gonna get my kids that have been watching me play all this time to sit down and start learning the ropes and start becoming a pirate at a young age, uh, younger than they probably would be able to if they were uh, if they were uh, legal age for the actual game, considering it's a teen rated game. And that's going to help." kind of just overall for the health of the game like these people probably never would have bought sea of thieves might not ever have bought any emporium content might not have ever spent any money on plunder pass but safer seas opens the floodgates to those people and i've seen a lot of folks concerned that there's been a lot of folks that are like, this is great. Now let me earn 100% of the gold. And as someone who's done time on C safer seas, I will say the gold that you get really does hurt in comparison. My counterpoint to that is if you are a person that doesn't do PVP, gold has no meaning to you. Gold is just something that you earn. You don't lose it. You don't you don't win it from another ship. There's there's only one experience that you have. So yes, it's 30% of what other people on high seas are earning, but if you come into Sea of Thieves, and that's your first experience that's just the that's just the level that's where the bar is set for you to understand what stuff is is valuable for like if you turn in a um an ash and wind skull and you only get 3k for it well to you that's that's all it is that's how it's always been you don't have an understanding of what higher seas is you don't know that higher seas offers that at 1500 if you unless you're paying attention to see these news like if you're paying attention to the news cycle about it, then yeah, you may understand like, hey, this is 30% of what you could be making on higher seas. But if that's not where you're going in for, then why does it matter? It sh it doesn't matter probably. In fact, it, it's probably normal for you. It's the baseline of what you're expecting. So overall, I think Safer Seas has done something really great to offer an experience for people who want that experience in a and in, in, in it's not like this is a new idea like this is this is something that people have been asking for since the beginning of the game people have been wanting pve servers they wanted it separated and rare has always said we want this to be a shared experience we want people to have stories with other people now they're saying we understand that that market is saturated if you want to have that kind of a market it's good we figured out how to do arena we figured out how to do adventures. We have we figured out how to do tall tales. We understand how we are going to be building the rest of the game in the future so that content is coming to adventure. What else can we do to draw to draw in more people? That is what Safer Seas is for. Now that now that they've checked the box off. All right, Pirate Legends, you guys are covered. You got content. Uh PVP people, you wanted uh 1v1s, fight me. Uh you're covered. Uh people who wanted lore, we're getting there. We're getting there, folks. Don't hang hang in there. Hang in there. We're going to get lore. Um, you're covered. Uh, people that wanted content on a regular basis. Uh, plunder pass. Captaincy. Guilds. 
you're covered. Ledger's reset. You're covered. What else is there? What about the PVE people? Well, our game's not PVE. Yeah, but what about them? We could do something. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. And I've seen this, I've seen this mentality around a bit and I do agree with it. So I want to share it here and I can't quite remember who it was, but I think it was Godhammer6 in, in the Discord, which if you guys don't know, join the Discord. It's full of fantastic people uh, that I love chatting with on a regular basis about the game or other games or just the real life in general. Uh, said that both sides are unhappy with the solution presented. And that is generally a good sign because it means one side, not not just one side is getting their cake. Both people are getting their cake. PVE players are unhappy about the amount of gold that they earn. They want more gold. Fine, work for it or jump to higher seas. PVP, EV, you know, PVPVE people, that's tough to say. Um, people who enjoy the mix of PVE and PVP are unhappy because they feel like and there's a lot of emotions here, so I'm not picking on any one person, okay? I'm just saying as a general consensus, most people are not happy that these folks are not going to have any kind of um, conflict, I guess, would be like influence or, or opportunity to to learn how to cope with other players. I, I, I think that their, their desire is that they should be uh, set in a world that has risk, I think is the the main consensus there and and i'm sure i'm sure i'm gonna get messages about this and i love you i don't care it's not going to change my mind um i'm still for safer seas and higher seas i still think both are valid um but the, a lot of them are saying that it's it's going to breed weaker pirates and i could be wrong about that sentiment but that's what i'm getting so that's the impression that i'm getting from the folks that are upset about safer seas being in existence um, but overall, I would say that because both parties are not content with the solution, but the solution is available, there will always be options for both. Now that there's options for both, people can have a choice. And having a choice, in my opinion, is way better than not having any choice at all. I would much rather have options and opportunities to do something as opposed to not getting an opportunity, period. Um, it's, it's kind of... I really, it's funny because it came up in World of Warcraft today when I was talking with some folks um, from XEP, but uh, there's a, an item in there that gives you a buff. The buff is literally half of what the intrinsic buff is for the classes that have it. And because only certain classes have it, if you don't have one of those classes, you have the item. And the item, while you know not as good as having a class that has the intrinsic ability it's still better than nothing and i think that was where it kind of where i kind of realized it was like you know what it's better than nothing because at least it's something and i think having something is better than nothing if it's still some part of what you want and yes you can be greedy and say well i want more well that option is there as well too but there's risk and you have to take that risk and you know sometimes you're okay with that risk sometimes that risk comes down to skill and knowledge and you can lower the risk with having more experience spending more time on the seas knowing how to deal with things all great ways to reduce risk and that's what it comes down to that's what it comes down to any game it's less risky to jump into a hard game if you stick with it and try and try and look up information find out what you're doing wrong seek knowledge and how to apply it in your everyday situations in the game and eventually you'll get better you'll understand You'll process things differently. You'll have more experience and it'll be less of a risk. And then you can start going on the offensive. So Safer Seas, great, great introduction. Um, <laughs> I did want to address one issue with this. Uh, the, 
the popularity of Sea of Thieves and Safer Seas has been so high. Now, I don't know if this is because they went into it expecting very few people and they weren't sure like how to gauge it. It's a very hard thing to try and understand how to gauge. Like you can't just spin up a bunch of servers and just let them do nothing. That's that's inefficient uh, for a company, right? Um, those servers have to be maintained. They have to run. They have to, you know, you, you're pulling resources. So you can't just have servers on a whim, you know? It's not like, all right, darling, let's just go and shower ourselves with chocolates in the bathtub because what is chocolate to us, you know? No, chocolate is sacred. Don't don't just throw it away because you want to be frivolous with it. Make sure you savor it. Savor that chocolate, especially if it's mint chocolate chip ice cream. You don't waste that. You don't just let that melt. You eat that. You do not let it go to waste. Um, what was I talking about? Son of a gun. I was talking about servers. I was talking about Sea of Thieves servers. So servers got hit. It was massive. It was insane. People couldn't log in. People were running into issues where they couldn't access systems in the game because the server load, the requests were so high. I don't know if there's any correlation to that. That could just be a Sea of Thieves feature thing. Who knows? It could be a weird thing where it's just like, well, I uh, I can't buy this thing. And uh, the only thing that's changed is Safer Seas is up. No, it's we got a whole patch. A lot of stuff was messed with. So it's not just the fact that it's Sea of Thieves. It could just be Safer Seas. It could just be a thing that it's like, it's Sea of Thieves, guys. We, we're, we're all familiar with this. We all know what's going on here. We don't really need to be like hashing this out again, do we? Um, but regardless to say, there's there's literally a warning due to the popularity of Safer Seas, uh, server times have been increased. Uh, you may have a queue when logging in, blah, 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 blah. I'm paraphrasing, uh, but effectively, you may not get into Safer Seas right away during high or high uh, traffic times. I think that's calmed down uh, since launch. Um, I, I jumped into Safer Seas today to get some B-roll to test out some stuff and you know, kind of showcase, especially if you're watching the YouTube version, you're probably seeing a lot of the new content that we're getting in this update. Uh, but at the same time, I just wanted to kind of see like, how are the servers? Are they, are they good? Are they, they messy? You know, like what's going on with them so far, my experience outside of not being able to get into them on day one has been pristine. It has been clean. It has been swift all the little uh, adjectives you could possibly toss at it. So I think it's a big success. I think they've done what they've wanted to do. They wanted to introduce a pirate version of, or a, a private version of sea, sea of Thieves uh, that doesn't necessarily award all of the, the opportunities that higher seas or high seas brings to it. Uh, and as a result, you're going to be limited, but free to do whatever you want. And I think one of the things that will be really cool about this is having the opportunity as a solo player who is very um, interested or, or, or like uh, enthusiastic about the Sea of Thieves shot contests that are going on. Like I think the, uh, the theme right now is um, a festival fun and to be able to have an opportunity to actually participate in that, especially in a time where, you know, it's going to be hard to get a lot of loot if you want to make something look pretty. I've seen some crews who've managed to do some really awesome stuff with um, with just, uh, uh, what's it called? With uh, decorating different buildings and stuff like that. And as a result of that, uh, there's, there's like really cool photos that people have been able to make telling stories about their photo and based around the theme. 
and having safer seas would be something that would allow that. And I think that kind of uh, sums up what I think safer seas does for the community as well as uh, the, the the health of the game and the community that it's bringing. Hopefully folks are enjoying it if that's what they wanted. Uh, otherwise, you don't have to touch it. It's it's just a thing. You don't. It's one more click in the menu now. It's it's not a big deal. Um, speaking of, let's get into the clicks. So if you all have uh, been playing Sea of Thieves, you might have noticed this, and uh, it may not have bothered you at all. And I don't think it really should, but I do see the concerns going into this. Um, right now, if you want to play Sea of Thieves, you have to click Set Sail, and Set Sail is the last thing you do. You click into the game, it offers you uh, the different types of, of sailing that you can do, and now with high seas and safer seas, we have one more opportunity to click on something, um, which is going to frustrate some. In fact, it, it, it was enough that some folks were kind of sharing videos on Twitter uh, or X where they're like, my God, I can't believe how many clicks I have to do to be able to get into the game. So if you want to get into the game, you got to click start game. It will then load all the supplies, check your fake, fake coins and all that jazz. And then once it gets into the actual menu system, now you're presented with multiple options. So we're already one click deep into playing the video game, right? Getting into uh, a regular high C adventure is going to be one more click. You gotta click play. Then you have to choose adventure, three clicks. That pops up a menu and you have to choose your experience. If you go with safer C's, it's fewer clicks. If you go with high C's, you're now four clicks deep. Now you're presented with your ship type, charter a ship, my ships, sail for a guild. Well, if you've been playing Sea of Thieves for a while and you're part of a guild, you're going to click on sail for a guild. Now you are five clicks deep. Now you have to choose your guild. I personally go with Keelhauled Captains. We're level 83. We're getting pretty high up there. Very proud of that. And now I am six clicks deep, but I have my ship. I have to make sure I choose which ship I want. And of the pledged ships that I have, I'm going to choose my ship just on launch Blake. I'm now seven clicks deep. I'm gonna take a look at that beautiful, beautiful just on lunch break sloop with all of its ghoulish kind of black and green glory with Duke the Dark Lord as my figurehead. And I'm going to click sail sloop. I am now eight clicks deep. I have an option, open crew, guild crew, closed crew. Who is going to be with me on this? Well, I am just doing this for fun, so I'm going to click on Closed Cruel Crew. I am now nine clicks deep. Now, I have to make sure that the nine clicks I did weren't a mistake, so I have to confirm and assemble a crew. So now I am 10 clicks deep. Now, once that is done, I have my crew ledger. I can now invite people into the game through the front end if I want to set sail with them ready to go. I am now 11 clicks deep before I can find, or 10 clicks deep, before I can click set sail. Set sail is the 11th click. And if you click escape or, or exit on this, you can hit one and it will take you all the way back to choose your experience, uh, which is just two clicks away to getting exit to desktop. Um, the point here is that there are a lot of clicks or a lot of menus that you have to navigate through, a lot of choices you have to make, before you get set sailing on Sea of Thieves. Um, this is high, I'm not going to lie. This is very, very high. 
uh, there is an opportunity for Rare to jumpstart you into this. Like if you just want to have an experience that is uh, similar to your last play session, in which case it could remember the settings all the way up until say like the guild ship or the ship that you picked last time. And you can jump ahead to that with one click. So say like, okay, last time you played, you played adventure, you played high seas and you played on a guild ship. Would you like to choose your ship? And you say, yes. And that'll, that'll kick you into three clicks less with one click. But that is a hard thing to ask because I don't know how this system works. And I don't know how difficult the front end is to, to modify. What I do know is the quicker you can get a player into your game, with the, the most understanding of why they're making these choices if they've never played the game, the more likely it is that they'll actually get to jump into the game and enjoy it and experience it and get hooked on it as opposed to getting tired or confused by the menu system. So I unfortunately don't know what the solution here is. Um, I don't know how you can rejigger this to be able to find out like what about the menu system can be uh, changed up. I think there's an opportunity there for you to kind of have a more uh, blade based system where instead of taking you to a new menu, you have one menu and you have choices. The very left, far left column has adventure, tall tales. Uh, and I think that's, there's another option, but I think it's Emporium, which I don't think is, <laughs> I don't think you play the game through Emporium, uh, but you have two options, right? You can choose adventure or tall tales. Um, I think you have the leftmost column with two clicks, you two options, you click adventure and that opens up another panel to the right of that selection that then offers you, okay, higher seas, safer seas. You click on higher seas and that opens up another menu, or it just has all of those options that change contextually based on the far left setting. So step one, choose mode, step two, choose uh, mode, step three, choose ship, step four, choose guild or, you know, and you just have a, a, a nice wide section and it has all of the steps. And at the very bottom, it has a set sail and it says, please complete full selection before setting sail. Right. And then as you're kind of choosing one step, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, it will then kind of contextually change your options so that you're just on one your one menu and it's all there and then you just have to go through and quick quickly choose like where you want to be and then when you're done you can click set sail and it takes you immediately into this it's not necessarily removing the options or or the number of clicks that you have but it is presenting it in a much more streamlined version as opposed to waiting for each of the different screens to change i don't know if that's going to work but that is the brainchild I could come up with when trying to think about this system and addressing the concerns that I saw on socials. Now that I've addressed the clicks or the clickbait or however you want to uh, refer to it, let's talk about the other clickbait that has been going around social media for Sea of Thieves. Sail visibility changes. The Dark Adventurer sails, the Lunar Festival and Collector's version, the Kraken, the Venomous Kraken, 
the ghost guardian go, or no yeah the ghost the ghost no the ghost the guardian ghost magpie's glory nightshine pirate ghost captain the blighted and collector's version the shrouded ghost hunter and collector's version the thriving rose wild rose and sea of champions and the collector's dark warsmith sales have all been updated to intention or, or remove the unintentional visibility advantage over other sail designs. These sails have now been brought to a visibility level that is consistent with other sail designs, ensuring that players have a vast set of customization options for their ship and aren't encouraged to use specific sails in order to gain an advantage. Now, I've seen some wild takes on this on social media. I think they are exactly that. So I will not give them the time of day. But what I will say is that this is something that happens in other games. And when the devs go and correct it, everyone gets upset about it. Be specifically the people that bought into the the item because of the advantage, the unintended advantage that it offered. And sometimes the best thing to do is remove the item. Well, if you're going to remove the item, that hurts because a lot of people, for in some cases, either earn them or bought them with real money uh, and want to, to have those for a reason. So the alternative is to bring it more in line with the other stuff because the intent is not to give a tactical advantage. The intent is to offer a unique type of cosmetic. Um, the unfortunate thing here is, is that if you mess around with the visibility in this case with torn or ripped or, or design sales in a specific way, um, it's going to be more favored. And I think the overall reasoning behind this is sound. Um, and they've given players an, a, a good example of uh, why. And it wasn't just one set of sales. It was a large number of sales, some arguably less impactful than others. Uh, and to, to be fair, I, I understand why people are upset. I, I do. I would be upset too if I had worked hard to earn enough gold to be able to buy the Dark Adventurer sales so that I could have that type of cosmetic advantage uh, over other sailing crews. But I never went for that. I never intended to try and have that as an advantage. And I don't think I've ever lost to another crew because of the sales. I think I've lost to crews because of lack of coordination or communication. Uh, anytime I've ever been with a bigger crew and we've won, it's always been because everyone understood what they were doing and they communicated well with each other. The times that I've lost have always been someone thought that the priority that they were doing was the best prior or the highest priority compared to what other people were asking them to do. And most of the time, I'm going to admit, I try to get one or two more cannon shots before I go down and get a bail. That's probably a bad habit to have. So I don't think that the sales were as impactful as uh, people made it out to be. I do think it was impactful. And I do think that bringing them more in line with other sales is a way to ensure that future cosmetics don't go uh to the wayside because everyone just wants to use the ones that everyone can get the most advantage for and it's it's going to be a painful thing but as a sea of thieves veteran this is not the first time we've had this uh we have had this many a time in fact there's been cannon flares that had the same issue but the change is now in place so if you if you're wondering why your dark adventurer sales look different that's why it's bringing it more in line with the other uh, sale designs and the level of visibility to make sure that those are consistent. 
So it doesn't matter what you put on there, put on what you want and make sure that you're happy with it. Uh, because if you're going to sail around, you should be sailing in something that you think is pretty. Side note, I have seen a lot less DA sales out there. Um, the other thing that came up that was uh, an interesting bit of, of uh, discussion was the Skull of Siren song Voyage Frequency. Um, a lot of people have this done. I don't, I haven't really been focusing on it because of the times that I have been sailing on. Uh, I've been focusing on either Guild Ledger or uh, other ledgers. I haven't really been focusing on the Siren Skull. I, I really should be doing Ford of the Dams right now. That's honestly what I should be working on, but I haven't. Um, and a lot of that, I think, just comes down to uh, when I do sail, I do tend to sail solo most of the time. That's usually kind of when when I jump on is when I find it the most effective, not when I'm looking to actually get in with other crews. I should be trying to get in with mother crews, but I feel like I don't really know when they're doing it. And if they are, I'm usually working on something else or in a different mood. So I haven't been doing what I should be doing, which is working on the Skull of Siren song and Fort of the Dams. I've been working on doing stupid stuff like old vaults. <laughs> I don't know why. It's weird. Uh, but anyway, that has changed. The, the Skull of Siren song voyage frequency, by the way, to get back to what uh, this whole started off. So um, it was meant to, to remain a coveted trophy for crews to contest. Uh, this voyage will now become rarer on the seas. Uh, keen keeping a keen eye out for Briggsy's note uh, and to get in a fight. I think a lot of folks um, have just kind of been at the point where it's now completely uncontested. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of people really talking about it on Twitter. I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, streamers doing them for the sake of, you know, having that hotly contested thing. And I think a lot of it is because uh, they just, they're done. Like they got their cosmetic and they, you know, washed their hands of it and went to go do something else. Um, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to deal with. You know, how, how do you know if it's, if that's the right way to go about it? Should you be doing that? Well, unfortunately streamers want good content. And if, uh, if the skull of siren song is not good content, then they're not going to do it. Uh, but at the moment, I don't know what there is that's considered good content for them outside of going around and, you know, taking on other crews. So it's, it's tough. I mean, I've seen a lot of see of these streamers starting to add other games into their uh, daily streams. Um, so, you know, I've seen like Hunt Showdown. Uh, I've seen the, the oh, I can't think of what his name is, but the uh, the Lethal Company, I think is the new one that's come out. But I know a lot of people are very excited about Skull and Bones and how that's going to add some variety, but some pirate flavor to keep those pirates happy. So we'll have to see. The season 11 is going to be a very interesting bag. As you know, we're, we're going to be losing very limited time voyages. So... There's a big change coming that they won't tell us. Um, and there's some updates that I'm sure we'll probably be finding out about in a couple of weeks here. Actually, no, I take that back. We probably won't be finding out about it for a month. Um, and the, oddly enough, the Sea of Thieves podcast that I thought was coming out this week is not going to be coming out this week. Uh, it's going to be coming out, I think, next week. Um, and overall, I think that a lot of folks are going to eventually get used to the changes with the sales and might actually do the Skyrim or the Skull of Siren Song Voyage when it pops up because it's 50k. And I know that's not a big deal to a lot of you who are, you know, millions and millions, you know, decamillions of, of gold deep. Uh, but for some of us who have sub 5 million, which still 5 million, come on guys, that's, that's a still a fair amount of gold uh, to be hang hanging on to. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. The, the, the voyage doesn't count towards ledger credit as well too. I think that's one change that would improve this. I think if the skull, 
Skull of Siren song actually counted towards uh, ledgers and uh, reputation and stuff, I think that would be a big difference. I think if um, I think if that was something that people could earn value on, and they're not as contested as they would be, and you could earn ledger ledger value off of that, I think a lot of folks would probably still kind of work towards that. But I don't know how that works. I don't understand or pretend to know how that whole skulls thing works. It's Briggsy. It's a ghostly human version of Briggsy. Who does she really like operate off of? It's for her, but it's like leading into an adventure that we're eventually going to get because it's obviously tied to her wanting to do something with them, but we don't know what they're for, but they're obviously full of magic and we're just going to have to like hang out and find out the hard way. Um, hopefully we'll get some, some sort of lore soon. It's coming. I swear. I'm not on copium right now. Speaking of stories, I'm going to go a little off the patch notes right now and talk to you about social media, uh, because we have some news and it's actually good news. In fact, I think this is one of the most interesting times right now, because uh, it's not too often that we get to speak to the man Chapman, uh, also known as Mike, or in some some realms, uh, sir. But Mike was on social media uh, this weekend quite a bit, and uh, we got a lot of information. So he has been addressing questions that have come up that I was really surprised by because the the reason why it got kicked off was because this patch has introduced a lot of changes and tweaks to Monkey Island or the legend of Monkey Island tall tales. There's been a lot of um, adjustments to like uh, the the number of, of uh, I'll, I'll get into them a little bit later, but if effectively a lot of quality of life and tweaks have been coming to the legend of Monkey Island. And a lot of folks were like, cool why do i need to play this again to get those cosmetics and and unfortunately it's one of those things that's like unfortunately you just have to the way the system works uh but we did get some interesting discussion about lore and what's going on with it and i want to shout out one of the patrons who's also a fantastic human being and one of my favorite people uh dead eye dre the lore chronologist posted on twitter I wonder if we'll ever see Duke again, or the Dark Brethren, or anything of Bell and Nura. That's B E L, not B L L E. Uh, not the person with the with the um, with the buoy. That's the that kind of knows Ramsey, who you know won't. We don't know anything about her either. To be perfectly honest, we really don't. Uh, but Bell and Nura, who were the original two, who came across the Journal of Flameheart Junior, aka um, Whiny Boy. Uh, and and just like kind of showcase their information. They're a couple, a really adorable couple. Uh, they're like polar opposites, but they work. And I, I really want them to come to Sea of Thieves. It's dumb, I know, but I want them to come to Sea of Thieves. Um, or the captain, which Dre goes on to talk about. And they said, or even the captain, uh, which is C-A-P-T apostrophe N, uh, who is the former like captain of Flameheart, like senior, Flameheart senior. So like, you imagine how bad Captain Flameheart is. The dude above him is the one that's in charge of the Dark Brethren Court, as far as I'm concerned, and is waiting for them to get a relic or an artifact that we thought was with Jack Sparrow that would ensure their victory over Flameheart in the Sea of Thieves. And the Dark Brethren Court is fumbling on this. And 
as a result, we still don't have the captain, although there's some really weird theories out there that I'm not going to toss in because it would just confuse people even more. Um, but Dre even goes on to say, even finding out more about uh, Yene and her mer-turned-siren boyfriend, which I, I didn't even think about them as like a couple, but I don't know that they need to because I, I understand like, I, I, under, I understand the point that he's, that, that he, the, these characters could like have, but it, it's, we don't know anything about them. And, and Dre goes on to talk about like whatever became of Captain Morrow, uh, will Olivia and Molly join forces to stop the sovereigns, which Olivia and Molly are like the two heads of the order of souls and the, uh, merchant Alliance, um, Humphrey, I'm assuming probably does not care one bit. He is probably just continuing to count coins and get those delivered to the gold hoarders vault for the eventual return of the gold hoarder somehow i don't know how his head is stuck to uh well no actually where is his head yeah his head is stuck to a uh trident <laughs> of dark tides that the brethren are using as a portal stick he's he's a wand he's just a staff at this point i don't know if the gold order is ever going to return but his his time unfortunately rathbone's time is in the past and i'm always uh sad by that because i think rathbone as a character was a lot more compelling in sea of thieves as his human version as opposed to his cursed version that's getting deep into the weeds logan move on uh so i really do think that the the core of this question or this statement from Dre is is very punctuated in the community. I think a lot of us that like the story, that like the lore, that like the characters that have come with Sea of Thieves and want to see those characters' stories, uh, and characters and stories flourish are weighted with bated breath. And to have Mike actually address these on social media felt validating, but also kind of feeling um, impotent. Like we feel like it feels like I'm, I'm kind of just like, I'm very benign right now. Like I don't do anything. I can't say anything. There's nothing that I can do to change anything. I just have to sit and wait like a bump on a log. Uh, so Mike actually came out and kind of addressed some of the questions. So I'm going to read some of the, the, the Twitter thread that came out so that you guys can understand the conversation that was being had. So, uh, Captain McGuffin, who, if you don't know, fantastic person, uh, boat Swain over on, uh, ancient Isles outpost as well, or ancient Isles university as well. Um, is a uh, uh, post or quote tweeted Dre's comment and says many lore paths to take outside of Flameheart, essentially saying like, hey, we don't need Flameheart for Sea of Thieves. We have a lot of opportunity with a lot of other stories that we could take. And I think that th there's a very valid point there. Uh, Mike actually responded to this and this kind of kicked off the thread. He says, there is indeed, honestly, getting to this point was deliberate. The fact that our lore has a diverse range of interesting characters with with threads we can pull on and explore has always been a passion of mine. The sandbox needs some focus now, but those stories will continue. And I think what he's saying here is, is that there's a there, there's a, a method to his madness. He's always wanted to have a lot of balls in the air to kind of say like, okay, well. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. You're never quite sure which uh, one he's going to pull out of pull out of the air and uh, and and address specifically. Um, but him saying the sandbox needs some focus now, but those stories will continue, is addressing the fact that Flameheart is continuously been a point of discussion in the community about when will he return. 
and that was in direct contra or direct um uh, uh, uh what am i trying to say here it was as a result of the community decision that is you know a year ago over a year ago at this point the the decision that was made uh pen dragon be banished stuck in a painting in the sea of the damned or stuck in the sea of the damned painting or the in the sea of the damned that was a portal via the painting there's there's uh, uh, thoughts and feelings of that uh, uh, you know thoughts and prayers for for pen dragon um but flameheart needs to be a focus and the focus needs to come with his resurrection his reintroduction into uh the sea of thieves and his eventual outcome so that then we can kind of move on to the other character stories and dre god bless god bless them uh or just bless them uh says that's what i love about the lore in the world that there is this diverse cast of characters that can be followed glad the sandbox is getting love and focus I just think the unfortunate catch 22 is that whenever there is story, there's a big quote unquote, but where's Flameheart contingent, which kind of echoes what we were just talking about. And Mike Chapman responded and says, I know some are frustrated, but over the years, we've carefully crafted the lore to get to this point. The fact that people care means the world. And he's, he's talking about it means the world to him. There is no one single story and neither should there be. So this is kind of Mike saying like, hey, there is going to be other story. There is going to be Flameheart. Flameheart will be a focus, but not the sole focus. And a lot of that is, I think, to kind of address uh, what happened with the Monkey Island Hall Tales. Flameheart will be a part of that, but we do need to address some of the stuff that's still going on with Briggsy as well as uh, Wanda and the the sovereigns and stuff. I think that's kind of like the, the main takeaways here. Um, but overall, it's nice to know that Mike was kind of addressing this stuff. And he even responded to some of my questions as well, too. I know there were a lot of questions that were out there. And a lot of people were actually kind of, you know, putting his feet to the fire. And kudos to him for addressing it directly uh, with a lot of folks, too. And he didn't need to. Um, most devs don't need to. Uh, but it was nice to actually say like, okay, well, you know, we know what he's saying and, and we're glad that he's actually, you know, addressing some of the main issues that I think a lot of us have had in the past. So I'm glad that he he did this. And I, I asked him personally, I was like, I, I definitely appreciated what I read in the patch notes, which we will go over. Uh, will this be the final update to Monkey Island Tall Tales? Or are there items of feedback that you're still wanting to address in future patches? Any idea when features like zip lines from the Tall Tales will make their way to adventure? And he said, yeah, still some outstanding issues we'll address. These Tall Tales were incredible, ambitious, and not everything made the deadline. Uh, zip lines will come to adventure and hopefully more in time. So I really appreciated that. I think that there was a lot of people that had some really good comments on here uh, that, uh, you know, really kind of hit home with what a lot of people feel about that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and now that I think about it, I'm going to grab the main part of this thread that he kind of kicked off. And if you want to scrub through some of the questions, see if there was one that, that you had that wasn't addressed or wanted to be addressed, then there's a good chance someone might have actually posted about it. Uh, but I don't have, uh, the, the, the willpower to go through all of them because some of them relatable, some of them not. And I'd, I'd rather kind of get you guys, you know, the digest version.
All right. So speaking of uh, the thread that caused all of the discussion that was going on around the improvements made to Monkey Island and the subsequent quests, um, let's talk about some of those. So the journey to Melee Island, which is the first one, uh, they've done some polished passes on that and some environmental improvements across the map. Uh, players joining a crew or dying dear the, during the tall tale will now appear closer to locations of importance. The storekeeper now has improved animations and greetings when approached. Red herrings will now be the only fish you can catch on Melee Island. Barrels full, uh, found around town will now contain food. The skeleton arm in the clock tower will now appear in correct location for all players on a crew when one player has removed it. During Guybrush's introduction, the player's quote-unquote meet-and-greet tickets will now be removed without a notification. Doors to various areas will now remain open once the tall tale has been completed. Unlocking a tall tale checkpoint will now be clearly signaled to players. The quest for Guybrush, which is the second tall tale, Melee Islands has uh, received a polished pass with environmental improvements across the map. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Insult sword fighting now dynamically scales to different crew sizes, ensuring that smaller crews only need to strike a few times after a successful insult compared to larger crews. Improvements made to insult sword fighting, ensuring players cannot skip past retorts and will hear the appropriate audio cues smoothing out the experience that's huge <laughs> murray's dialogue during insult sword fights will now be played correctly players can no longer collide with lechuk in the tunnels of the damned cutscene during the tall tales crews entering the tunnels of the damned on a brigantine will now see lechuk's crew in the correct locations uh, when starting the tall tale from a checkpoint after the trial of the sword, the legendary machine should now be present in Captain Smirk's house. Stan's dialogue asking the player to go and see Meat Hook will now repeat until the player has spoken to Meat Hook. The Lair of LeChuck. Monkey Island has received a polished pass with environmental improvements across the map. The battle against LeChuck's ship has received a visual po effects polish pass. Uh, players joining the crew uh, or dying during the tall tale will now appear closer like the other three or the other two. Uh, barrels found around Monkey Island will now contain food. The number of insult sword fighting rounds. I just heard a whole bunch of noise somewhere. The number of insult sword fighting rounds needed to win against LeChuck at the end of the tall tale has been reduced. Players will now find that their sword blows land with more accuracy during the final battle with LeChuck. Players will now are now able to use the front chaser cannons on the headless monkey. Players can now offer the head of the navigator to other players without needing to drop it first. Players will now focus on LeChuck's face when entering into a, an insult sword fight. Kate Cap or Captain Kate Capsize's voice now correctly matches the subtitles. Improvements made to the quest book for players choosing Thai as their language. Uh, the log on Herman's trap will now behave correctly before both before and after the trap has been activated. Players are no longer able to lose the head of the navigator after dying. The item will reappear 
in an easy-to-reach location. The time between destroying LeChuck's ghost ship and the su subsequent cutscene has been reduced to improve the flow of the tale. Players will now be able to hear LeChuck's voice lines during the fight with him in the final act, even if they are standing further away. Players can now re-enter the church to fight LeChuck if they rejoin the session during the wedding sequence. Controller rumble will now be felt during LeChuck's final defeat. Guybrush will no longer call to the crews to gather if the whole crew is already near him in the catacombs. Pirates with larger body types will now appear to hold the monkey head idols correctly. Uh, memoir spots have been restored around Melee Island. The glad-to-be-dead combination or commendation now unlocks consistently when defeating LeChuck's ship. Whoo! That was a majority of it. That was There was some repeats in there that I skipped over. But overall, I would say... That is a fantastic number of quality of life improvements to the Tall Tales. Uh, you do have to play through those once again if you want to get the costumes that were added to them or the weapons uh, that were added to them after this pass. Um, hard to say why. Hard to say like why those weren't in there from the start, but they are there. And again, I got to say, kudos to Rare. You built a Monkey Island game in Sea of Thieves out of nowhere just because because you're like, hey, we're going to make a Monkey Island game and it's going to be a full game and it's going to be like a 10 hour game in Sea of Thieves. And I don't think I've seen anyone try and take like a point and click adventure game and put it into a, f a first person shooter. I really I don't think I have, but it's it's pretty darn impressive. So happy to see that. Uh, one thing I'm not happy to see, Pondies can no longer be caught on the outskirts of Port Merrick because it's not a pond. Well, you know what? They're just looking for a bigger experience. If those Pondies got sick of sailing or swimming around in a small pond and they wanted to go out into the vast ocean, maybe that's their choice. Maybe they got out of the well or not the well. What is the thing called? Fountain. Maybe they got out of the fountain. Maybe somebody put Pondies in the fountain on Port Merrick and they got out and they were just chilling around and they're like you know what i like this big blue ocean it's a little big i'm gonna stick around the outskirts of port merrick because that's where it's a little bit safer and pirates were like who heck and we they got pondies around port merrick let's go i don't know i don't I, it's just a, it's a change vault doors on mermaids hideaway ashen reaches crescent isle and kraken's fall should now sink all the way into the ground that's nice further improvements have been made to remove areas where pirates can push through the environments into the sea within the pirate legend hideout i am guilty of this and i apologize but i'm still gonna try it because i still want to get back there <laughs> the lift at thieves haven has now been added to the ship and quest maps for this island um which is nice because if you don't know there's lift those islands can be real heckin' annoying. Uh, skeletons at skeleton forts have undergone training and should no longer become stuck on fences or platforms around the sea forts. Yes! Oh, I'm so happy about that. There are too many times the freaking skeleton lords are all just stuck in the thing. And it's like, okay, well, it's the skeleton lord, so it's not going to despawn. But now it's stuck. And how do we deal with that? Well, now we don't have to because they've... They figured out how to walk around the, the environment and not get stuck in things. So they're stopping the players from doing it as much as the AI. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. The plank on the end of the jetty at Galleon's Grave Outpost no longer appears to be floating in midair. I don't know how many of you run into that. I still find some uh, floating rocks from time to time, which is always funny. I don't know how that works. There's someone, someone control grouping 
uh, middle-sized rock and raising it just a few degrees on the z-axis and it's like hey did you did you think about those rocks over on devil's thirst no uh, no one no one else did either but i saw it <laughs> uh let's see players will no longer become stuck on a palm tree near the order of souls tent on Morrow's Peak Outpost. Yay. Uh, players can no longer become stuck in a palm tree located on Ancient Spire Outpost. I challenge you to find out which palm tree that was. Um, I think that's it as far as the environment changes. Visual and audio Ashen Tomes. Uh, yeah, Tomes. Tomes now fit snugly inside collector's chests. Which, speaking of, the fact that you can't sell the ashen collector's chests to the gold hoarder annoys me because it's worth uh doubloons and not gold and i think that Humph humphrey while a gold hoarder should have a small bag of doubloons from lorena for just such an occasion just saying not that i think that really matters the gold leaf hook now now holds wooden planes correctly uh the courage of captaincy gloves no longer appear locked in position when holding equipment um, text and localization changes, improvements made to play text placement on notes discovered during the legend of the sunken kingdom voyage placeholder text should no longer be visible, uh, in the daily section of the captain's log. There are still placeholder things on gear, by the way. So if you see one of those, just report it, uh, it will get fixed. And then I think that is it i think this is one of the first times i've ever read the patch notes and been like known issues to learn about more about known issues and see if these currently being tracked in their status head over to known issues support ticket site and you head over there and they're like hey w what about hit registration and there's just a, it's like it's updated now so it's still a thing but they've kind of pulled it off of the patch notes and just kind of had it as like a known issues article thing on their website, which I think is kind of funny. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever noticed it until now. Um, but that's about it, man. Uh, I do want to talk about, what was the one thing I wanted to talk about? Emporium. I wanted to talk about the Emporium stuff. So let me, let me get some water and uh, we'll talk about Emporium stuff real quick. The Bone Chiller Set. All right, it's time to talk about Emporium real quick. Uh, show off your personal style with purchase from the Pirate Emporium. Pick up the exclusive cosmetics that are now in there for the ship liveries, costumes, weapons, pets, and emotes using Ancient Coin, which you can now do on their website. Um, the Bone Chiller stuff. I love the Bone Chiller stuff. And uh, as shown in the YouTube version of this video, I went and purchased all of the bone chiller ship collection because I really like it. And it's even so much in, because I love holiday right now. I love the Christmas season. It's one of my favorite seasons. Halloween and, and, and Christmas are like my two favorite times of the year because everyone changes their mood. Everyone does something different. There's decorations everywhere and it's pretty, but the cannon flare has mistletoe. And I actually kind of like this one, dang it. And I absolutely hate that I like it because I might actually end up using it for a ship set specifically for the bone chiller ship stuff. But I went and bought it. I got the collector stuff because I think that it looks great. It was like 30 bucks for everything. Um, and boy, howdy. Do they really want you to spend that moolah on that those ship sets? Those ship sets are expensive. Uh, it, it, but you know what? It's it is what it is. I want it. It's a cosmetic. It's a pretty hat. I'm gonna stick the hat on my head along with all the other hats. And that's a good reference for those of you that like TF2. But those are available now. Those are a time limited option. Uh, those will be back probably next year. 
Uh, ransacking emote is a new emote where you kind of, you know, ransack through a bag looking for stuff. Uh, the festival of giving weapons and the festival of giving pets are, are time limited and will return next year. Actually, I don't think the bone chiller stuff is technically time limited because I didn't say it was time limited in there. But when I bought it, I, I could have swore I saw that it was time limited, but I don't think it is. Stand to attention emote is free. And there is a festival fright bundle. Now the festival of fright bundle is does have some parts of the bone chiller set for the ship not all of them i think it has the weapons in there and it has the bone chiller costume uh and certain parts of the bone chiller ship set so i think you get the sails and the figurehead with it but that's usually 15 16 bucks and you get some ancient coin and you get some gold with it uh so you can kind of like uh, com combo some of that stuff uh but that's usually probably the best deal uh in retrospect i probably should have bought that as opposed to throwing 30 bucks at the screen for the ancient coin um, because I haven't I haven't seen an ancient skelly in a, in a while. I haven't seen one in, in a hot minute. Um, but that's that's kind of it for the Emporium. I love this stuff. I love the uh, kind of discordant um, Carol of Bell song that they associate with the video for this. I really do. I really wish that that would be something that we could have in game. And um, I don't know why. I think it's coming, but we don't have the Christmas decorations in the Emporium, fam. And I'm a little like. Hey, how come the, <laughs> where's the Christmas decorations? Where's the Yule log? Uh, spoilers. If you guys want like a half hour Yule log for Sea of Thieves, back when Duke was still Duke and normal Duke before he became the Dark Lord, um, that I believe is still on my channel. I think I still have that on my YouTube channel. I, I'll have to, I'll have to find it. Let me type in Yule. Maybe I tagged it properly. Hey, I did. Look at that. Four years ago, I have a Yule log that was 30 minutes for Sea of Thieves, and uh, that is available. So I'll put a link to that. If you guys want a Yule log, it's the fireplace with the Christmas music and Duke and just, you know, having something on in the background. Um, I will put that in the show notes. If you, like me, like to have a Yule log going from time to time on your TV. For the last item on today's docket, um, we need to talk about it, and I, I think, I think it's kind of, uh, it, it's, a, it's a bummer, but it needs to be said. Uh, the orb is not making another stream in Sea of Thieves this year. We're not getting an orb stream. There's no, there's no orb stream. Um, we got news about this from Mike Chapman on social media. Uh, he confirmed that there was no orb stream this year. However, the orb, as a result of this latest patch is available to look at the red version in the Sea of Thieves. If you head over to Reaper's Bones Hideout, uh, you can head over to the little, um, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like a table, but it's like covered in covered in cups. It's more like a shelf, but it's not actually like a high shelf. It's like a low shelf. So it's just like a step, I guess. But anyway, all the little, all the little chalices that are underneath the uh the reaper's bones masks and stuff there's the there's a, a red orb there now um and it, it, we found out about this on social media uh the stories kind of went around of like oh this is cool what's going to happen and it, as far as we know we we don't know what's going to happen with it uh you can't interact with it you can't do anything with it it's just there but mike did confirm on social media that unfortunately there's no there's there's not going to be a an orb stream this year which is just honestly it's just a bummer 
Um, but I, I, I get it, you know, like I understand it's been a rough 2023 for Sea of Thieves. Uh, you know, we, 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 we were kind of hoping that, you know, we would get an orb stream that would kind of give us a lot of the lore and teases about what 2024 was going to showcase kind of like what we had last year. And a lot of stuff, unfortunately, did not come as a result of the delays in content. But uh, I'm sure we're going to get it. I'm sure they're working on it. I'm sure it's something that's going to happen. Um, but Mike said to keep an eye on the orb in-game. Uh, it's not going anywhere. But there is no orb stream. And I just, I, I, you know, speculation is going out right now. But this was definitely one of those things where it was a big kind of thing for sea of thieves you know we had like 24 hours of the orb stream and every time you know there's a certain amount of time the orb would tell us a, a prophecy of the of the coming situation with the story in sea of thieves and because it's so uncertain right now and what's going to happen in the future of sea of thieves it makes sense that they didn't want to try and like you know hedge their bets that everything was going to work out fine for 2024 and release an orb stream only to have half of it come true so i understand it's it's uh it's it's understandable but man is that a bummer because i think all of us really enjoyed having that on in the background uh especially just kind of as a yule log itself right you know like um the first time it was in the tavern and it was cool because it was kind of like a yule log thing you know it was like our version of it for sea of thieves you could have that going and have like a bunch of people talking about it and stuff and there's all these emotes and the next time it was in the Reaper's Lair, you know, we had a whole bunch of like really cool lore tidbits happen as a result of it. And, you know, it's just really awesome. And uh, I'm going to miss it. I really am. Because it gave us a lot to kind of like play around with in the speculation realm. Uh, gave us a lot of uh, opportunity to really kind of like just chat about stuff and and come up with cool theories and thoughts and find out who's right and who's wrong. And uh, I'm not going to have that this year. So you know, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Um, that's going to do it for this episode, folks. I think everyone who hung out, who listened to this whole episode, I know this episode might go a little bit longer than you're used to, uh, or it might be the same amount of time that it always is. I don't know. Whenever I take out all the, all the dead silence that I have in between like breaths and, and talking and stuff, it usually trims out a few minutes worth of, of dead air. So it could be the perfect length for you. If it is, feel free to let me know. I've got uh, videos up on YouTube. I've got tweets out on X, uh, whatever it's called now, posts now on X. Um, and overall, I, I usually spend a lot of my time over in the Discord just hanging out there and saying hi to everyone and whatnot. Um, but if you guys like this content, definitely feel free to like, subscribe, share, thumbs up, uh, leave a review, leave a, a five-star review if you want. Um, I know Spotify was doing their wrap up. It was really great to have folks uh, tag me with me being the, the podcast that was like up there on their list of podcasts that they listen to throughout the year. Really happy about that. Really love that folks are, are engaging with the content, uh, in any way that they plan on. And if you don't, don't worry about it. I, I, I know that there are folks that take breaks from games. There's been a lot of great games this year, so I don't blame anyone for, you know, putting Sea of Thieves to the side for a little bit and not really keeping up with it and if you come back and you're listening to this now after a small break i hope you had a good one i hope you had a good break i hope you, you're you're nice and refreshed and relaxed you don't have to think about stressful stuff right now take care of yourself you know as always uh but if you guys like this content and you want to share some thoughts on it feel free to let me know 
uh, over on Twitter or X or threads at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, the email is C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. Um, if you're listening at, uh, at three times speed, I apologize. Uh, you can also head over to the Discord show up there and say hi. Um, lots of people will say hi to you and you can talk about games and all that good jazz. So Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. <laughs>